Hello, I'm Amber Lauva and welcome to the Fashion Avenue podcast. This podcast has now been running for a year, which is so crazy, but I'm so excited about it because I get to talk all things fashion and beauty with some amazing guests. Today, I have the incredibly stylish Sarah Charnock on, and if you follow Sarah, you will know that her outfits are absolute fire. She just has a beautiful knack for styling pieces and putting these glorious outfits together, and she's someone I personally love following, and I get a lot of outfit inspo from her, so if you're into all things fashion, then this will definitely be a good one for you. I chat to Sarah about going from pageant winner to being a sought-after model and fashion identity, how she grew on social media and continues to do so, who she is off the gram and collaborating on a capsule collection with a fabulous fashion label. If you want to know a little bit more about Sarah, all about her career journey and more, then make sure you keep on listening. Sarah, thank you for coming on the Fashion Avenue podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm very excited to talk to you because you're kind of a bit of a different guest than what I've had on recently. So I think this could be very insightful. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is my first ever podcast. Yay! Exciting Uh, times. Yeah. I'm so (laughs) glad that it's with me. That's amazing. Oh, well, thanks for having me. (laughs) No worries. So I'm going to jump kind of probably back a few years. Um, Mm -hmm. So... Were you Miss Tourism Australia? I was. I am a former Miss Tourism Australia. So basically, on a whim, I just got wild-carded into the Sydney final. And I sort of, I know I probably shouldn't say this, but I sort of just took the position for a free trip to Sydney, not thinking (laughs) I was actually going to walk away with a crown and a title. So that was, yeah, that was pretty, pretty wild. And how did all of that come about and kind of what made you want to, I guess, do it apart from the trip to Sydney? Well, basically, I sort of knew the team that was involved with uh, the Miss Tourism organization because it was also run by the Miss Universe organization at the time. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of they were kind of sister pageants, so to speak. Right. And yeah, and basically I just was sort of staying in touch with them and a few of the PR girls and um, yeah, they just they just contacted me and I thought, oh, you know, a chance to be a mini Jen Hawkins, why not? Like <laughs> <laughs> a trip totally. to Sydney. I thought I'll just throw my hat into the ring. I think that's the way I've always kind of done things. I've never really you know, thought too much about it. I've just kind of done things on a whim and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I guess that time it did work. Yeah, it definitely worked. Not a <laughs> not a bad kind of choice by you to actually go forward with it. And can I ask, obviously, you know, we're a few years, I guess, from that. What do you think of pageants now? And do you still think they have a place? A little bit controversial coming from someone who's previously had a title. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, I really don't think that they do in this day and age, I think the reason why a lot of girls nowadays enter them is to get a level of exposure, which I don't think the pageant offers anymore. I think I also, the thing I definitely struggled with post-pageant with my title was it was my job to then sit on the judging panel. And I could not stand the fact that I sat there with a scorecard and I was grading these girls mm. in particular categories out of 10. And I will tell you when the swimwear section came along, I gave every girl a 10 out of 10 because I did not think it was right 
to be grading girls out of 10 in a bikini. So I kind of I kind of took a little bit of a mini stand and the other judges were looking at me a bit odd, but it was just not something I was comfortable with. And I, yeah, I definitely stand by it. Every girl does a 10 out of 10 in a bikini. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It's so nice that you did that because I think, yeah, it is quite judgmental, I guess, you know, giving oh, rating absolutely. someone in a swimsuit. Oh my God. I, can, I can't even imagine how you would have felt just sitting there being like, oh my God. Oh, and I will, I will say there are so many positives that you can get out of the pageants and there are some girls that I am still incredibly close with even mm. to this day yeah. and so there are a lot of positives out of it but I do think that their place in their world isn't really important anymore I don't think and mm. I think young girls can definitely spend their time in mentoring programs to sort of gain what they would have previously got from a pageant without having to deal with all the judgment and criticism that comes along with it. Yeah, totally. And it's funny that you said earlier about how it doesn't really give you that exposure anymore. And I think you're completely right because honestly, I Mm -hmm. could not even tell you who's won any pageants in the last few years. I don't even know their names. Exactly. (laughs) I kind of stopped listening after Jacinda Campbell. I think she's the last one I can kind of remember. Um, And yeah, I think obviously... You know, girls still want still want that crown, and I guess it's you know to the opportunity to be a bit of a princess. But mm. I think yeah, at the end of the day, there are just there are so many more opportunities and avenues that we can um, explore that aren't just based on you know a category like swimwear and evening wear. But yeah, hundred percent. Well, yeah, very interesting to get your insight, seeing as you were you know in a pageant. I think that's really great, and thank you for being so honest. Like I think that's fantastic coming from someone like you who has gone down that path and did have that experience. Oh no, absolutely, and. I mean, you know, if I was to do my time again, I, I can't tell you whether I would definitely do it. Um, mm. But I do, I do think it was a different time back then. I mean, it was yeah. five or six years ago now, so it was it was a completely different environment to be in. But 100%. and how did that kind of help you with your career, seeing as a whole exposure thing? But I guess back then it was definitely a massive um, advantage. Oh, absolutely, and I think. Um, even in terms of sort of the social scene and getting your name out there, it was this was long before, you know, Instagram was a big thing and influencer marketing was a thing and you would go to events. There would be so many influencers on the media wall. This didn't exist back then. You know, it yeah. was actually people. Uh, it was either probably people that were invited through things like that or it was actual sort of household names. You know, the, the influencer category didn't really exist. So wow. prior to... So that, that kind of gives you a, a bit of an example for how long I've kind of been on the scene for. <laughs> yeah, God, you've done your time. <laughs> <laughs> and you've kept that momentum going, obviously, since then with your career, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess what contacts or what kind of stood out for you from doing that and, and where did it kind of catapult you after that? It sort of, it really helped me to build myself in a sort of social context. And that wasn't even about, you know, imagery online, but it was right. about engaging with people and networking and you know those lessons that I don't think you could I I couldn't have learnt them any other way and the people that I still encounter from my time as Miss Tourism now in different walks of life or in different roles it's actually Melbourne in particular is such a tiny little clique so it, it was so beneficial just the people that I met in that one year really, really helped. Yeah, I've noticed that about Melbourne. I'm a Brisbane girl myself, but um, I think... Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it's great weather right now. Um, I know, it's freezing down Oh, here. no, I, I wouldn't be able to survive. Everyone's like, oh, you should move to Melbourne. I'm like, look, I can't stand the weather. I wouldn't be able to survive. No, don't. 
But <laughs> I'm looking to get out. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's funny that you say that because it does seem very clicky and everyone, I guess, in the, you know, the fashion and beauty and influencer kind of industry, everyone kind of knows everyone. And funnily enough, I actually put this on my podcast Instagram the other day. Most of my listeners are from Melbourne, which is no surprise because I've had so many people, you know, designers and, and influencers and stylists that are from Melbourne and it makes so much sense, everything that's going on down there. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, everyone down there is supportive of one another and it's a really good community down here I think in Melbourne. Yeah totally and so let's talk about social media so you're obviously Mm -hmm. very active on social media and you have over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram which you know you're not doing too bad. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) No worries and I guess for you how would you kind of describe your job title? I I actually, this this does come up a lot because mm-hmm. I get introduced a lot as an influencer, and it's right. a title that it's a title that doesn't really sit well with me. Yeah, right. Um, basically, because I I don't actually know how much of an influence I have, so much as more so a fashion influence. If that makes any sense yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think the approach I've always taken to my Instagram is. I've kind of the re- the reason why I began posting was basically my agency told me you know Instagram is a thing clients are looking at how many followers you've got you need to be on the platform and you need to be posting regularly so mm-hmm. I kind of have always taken a modeling approach to my Instagram yeah and I've kind of I've just made sure that it's about advertising you know the outfits that I'm wearing or what I'm doing not so much on a personal level and I think as a result I've kind of built this following that admires what I wear and what I do, but doesn't necessarily know too much about me and my day to day. And you know what? That's so interesting because I've been following you for quite a while because yeah, I I honestly (laughs) have. And so having you on, I was like, oh, this is exciting because I actually follow you. And so I, I really love, obviously I love fashion. This is a fashion and beauty podcast, but I think (laughs) it's, it's the best. And I think I just really love your outfits. And it's funny because I'm quite a small frame as well. So So when I see something that you wear, I'm like, oh, so that's kind of how it would like fit and, you know, things like that. I'm like, I'm quite small. So seeing the way that outfits sit on you, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see how that would translate on me, which just sounds so weird, but (laughs) it's really funny. That's that's pretty much, you know, the approach that I've taken is it's sort of a modern day. Well, for the modeling industry over the past couple of years, because of social media, it's been completely turned on its head. And mm. models, when just not working like we used to, used to be able to work five days a week. Easy. Yeah, now yeah. there's very few models that are working that often as a result of social media. So mm. you either work with the platform or you get left behind. And what I decided to do was basically use my platform in order to continue working working for these brands in a modeling context, but in a slightly different context, which is still showcasing the outfits, still selling products, but doing so via my platform. I like that. And it's interesting that you said, you know, people don't really know your day-to-day. And when I was kind of prepping for this interview, I was like, there's not a lot about Sarah that I can find on a personal level. (laughs) And I'm like, this is so interesting and that you said that because it is the way that you're obviously marketing yourself, which it's so interesting because some people do a bit of both. Some people, um, you know, are very personal on their Instagrams. And yeah, it's kind of interesting to see how people kind of take a different road with it. But how did you find that you grew on Instagram? And do you think there's a trick to it? I think I think timing is honestly everything and I mean I was actually quite late to the Instagram party I 
I was still, I didn't have an iPhone. I was still oh rolling God. with a Nokia and <laughs> I was, you know, I would um, upload to Facebook occasionally. But yeah, I, I didn't even have Instagram and I worked with a um, photographer and he convinced me to start an Instagram account. And then I had it private and then he messaged me and said, why is your Instagram private? It needs to be public. So I was like, okay. So I flipped it over and I think I had about 300 followers, just all people from my hometown. And yep. then I, I had a goal of, Having more followers than my little sister, she had about <laughs> she had about two thousand. So I thought, okay, once I get more than her, I'll be fine. So, and then and then it just kind of grew through sharing, you know, my modelling work essentially, because I guess it's a bit of insight into a career that's not exactly run of the mill and it's a bit different every day. And mm. the content kind of produces itself. And then then I travelled a little bit, worked overseas, and that kind of put me into a bit of a different market. And more people were sort of seeing my page. And um, then pretty much, I think the biggest turning point. So I probably had about 10,000 at that point. The biggest turning point for me, I shot a canning campaign in Bali with two established influencers. And so it was, you know, gorgeous bikini shot. And the other two girls shared imagery on their pages. And I just remember sitting there and watching my Instagram explode, probably up about 20,000 within a week. Holy crap. Yeah. And then just from that, I started working with other brands and then all of a sudden they would put me on their page and it was just it was basically aligning with all these brands mm-hmm. and then one brand would use you it was it was kind of a snowball effect and then all of a sudden I was probably at about 80,000 by the end of that year oh my god it's gone crazy it's so interesting how you know that it can kind of go that way you know being on someone else's page who might be established or even working with a brand or a brand shares something and then and the thing is you can't really predict it as well no no absolutely not and it was I will be completely transparent here it was different it was when you know people were following um, new accounts daily yeah um, and it was it was a lot easier to grow back then um, mm. but I once again I was still quite late to the party so all these there was a lot of girls that were established at 400 500,000 Instagram followers and I just had my you know 300 there and I remember looking at their pages and thinking wow look at them yeah and, and then you're like oh <laughs> here I am with a hundred thousand now <laughs> can, I, can I ask how how much effort I guess do you put into the photos that we see on your feed day to day um it really honestly depends I'll, I'll actually do you know what I'll divulge a bit of information while I'm oh, here if, lovely if I'm wearing sunglasses in a photo on Instagram mm-hmm it's because I'm not wearing any makeup. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me going down to the local coffee shop. I'm like, don't look at me. A hundred percent. Because sometimes skincare is so important to me and I don't like to plaster my face with makeup daily. So yeah. if I do have a product or an outfit that does need to be shot, I will try to get away without putting any makeup on. So yeah. usually sunglasses are a quick fix. Oh my god! What a what a great tip! There you go, everyone. <laughs> you, I know. I know. It's like a yeah. good photo. It always looks just so like <laughs> chic as well. It does. It does. It adds that element of sort of coolness. Yeah. And um, yeah, but then sometimes it sort of depends if I'm working to a brief and if I'm working for a brand and you know. I've got a brief and it's quite strict and it requires all these things. You know, there will be a lot more effort put into that. But I think I think if you've got a formula and you know what works and you sort of... Mm. I, I picked up so many skills working as a model that I sort of know, okay, you know, lighting-wise, this time of the day works. Yeah. Um, I know sort of, you know, stance and all that kind of thing. I can... The shooting part takes, you know, two seconds. It's yeah. just sometimes there is a little bit more prep work and 
when it comes to styling pieces myself, um, you know, that's kind of what probably does take the longest. Yeah, totally. And a bit of a, I guess, a funny question off the back of that, because I get the same because mm-hmm. I've been I've been blogging for eight years and everyone goes, who takes your photos? How do you get your photos <laughs> taken? Who, who do you get to or who do you rope in to take yours when you're not doing any modelling? Um, early days, it was mum. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I feel you. So, yeah, back when I was back when I was living in Geelong, it was mum. Nowadays, it's, it's, I'm quite good at giving direction. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty much anyone who's around with um, with the ability to take a photo on an yeah. iPhone. I actually took one photo. I was traveling with the worst because my travel companions by the end of the trip were just completely over it. Mm-hmm. So I actually got. I had one shot, and um, I was just out on the streets in Paris, and I. A woman walked past and I just asked her, I said, oh, would you mind taking a photo for me? <laughs> and she was, she said, she said, sure. And all of a sudden she started, she, I think she took about three images and she got down and she just started squatting and taking this <laughs> photo of me. And I was thinking in my mind, oh no, this is just going to look terrible. I'll just stop her. Yeah. Like, I don't want to waste her time. So she took about, I think, two photos yeah. and handed me my phone back and I looked at them and they were fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. Oh she, my God. Just, she knew. She knew what. I don't know. She had a vision, and she. Yeah, I uploaded one of them. Actually, it was a. It was an image for by Johnny. Oh, and yeah, she right. absolutely nailed it. Oh my God, chuck her down. I know. <laughs> Give her a job. <laughs> I know. She'd already started to walk off into the sunset before I'd even <laughs> Of course realized. she did. Well, it's like, Paris. Oh, this mystical photographer yeah. that I met on the streets in Paris. What a winner. Because sometimes you get a random <laughs> to take a photo and you're like, am I even in the photo? Half my head's popped oh, out. <laughs> terrible. I know. Although God, landscape. Yes. Oh my God. So bad. No. <laughs> and when did you see, I guess, initially the interest from brands wanting to work with you? Was it after you kind of got that 20,000 following? Yeah, I think it was probably at about, yeah, about, about around about the 20K mark, I think. Mm. Um, and you, you sort of do notice that the second you get a bit of attention from one brand, all their competitors will come to you, which oh, is quite wow. interesting. So yeah. it's, it's um, yeah, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there in fashion. <laughs> it is. It's crazy. And what's the best thing about social media and the worst thing do you think i think the best thing about social media honestly is the networking and the contacts you can make the brands Mm -hmm. and designers that i now know on a personal level i would never have gotten the chance to meet or have a relationship with if it weren't for social media so i think for me in terms of building those foundations and those connections because you know i'm I'm no fool. I know social media is not going to be around forever. I know I'm not going to be modeling forever. You know, mm-hmm. the wrinkles are starting to set in. So for <laughs> me, for me, it's important to build these connections to, you know, transition out of modeling into other things within the fashion industry. And so I think, yeah, I think that's definitely a positive of social media. Mm-hmm. The negative, I would 100% say the trolling that goes on. Oh, I, I was on the receiving end of some horrible, horrible trolling to begin with. So probably around about the twenty, thirty thousand mark. And it was it was just it was devastating. The things I was you know, I was just I was waking up to the most disgusting comments messages um couldn't even imagine I was yeah it was it was actually horrible to a point where I I contemplate and I never I never really published any of this unless you were within my inner circle I never really communicated what went on I just block and delete it Mm -hmm. um but you know there there were points where I thought enough is enough I'm just gonna delete the app it's not worth it's not worth it yeah and then Instagram introduced 
the comment controls and pretty much since then, you know, it's kind of been it's kind of been fine for me, you know. Oh I've God. I've been able to sort of well, I've been able to manage, you know, the words that are left on my page and so all that kind of thing. And I do and at the end of the day I did notice the the more I kept my page strictly business, the less hate I got. Wow. And I think I think at the end of the day you have to make a decision that's right for you. And a lot of a lot of people um you know, worship their influencers who are real and who share every facet of their life. And that's fantastic. But for all of us, it's not possible. I think at the end of the day, you have to take an approach that's good for yourself and your own mental health. And, Mm. you know, I think Instagram has to come secondary to that. Yeah, it's a very personal thing. You know, it's not one size fits all with Instagram, unfortunately. you got to, yeah, you got to kind of see what works for you, especially if there's trolling around. Like, that's just not on, you know, like, God, like, go do something else. Oh, no, absolutely. And I mean, there was a point where I would fire back and I would say, mm. you know, I would come back with the wittiest remarks. And yeah. it's still, at the end of the day, it does not get through to these people because they're coming to you from a place of hurt and insecurity mm. on their own part. And nothing you say is ever going to make them think that what they're doing is wrong. Exactly. So. Yeah. And that's them, you know, if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't reflect on you as a person. It, at the end of the day, it reflects on them. So, no, absolutely. Mm. And I, I think. I think one of the things that really affected me the most with trolling was the fact that it did affect relationships I had with brands because brands then became scared of posting certain imagery of me due to the backlash and the trolling and things like that. And that was when it did start to affect me because I thought, you know what, you can insult me and you can call me whatever you want to call me, but if you're affecting my career... That's a completely different thing. Oh, totally. I can't even imagine. Like, oh god, I didn't. I didn't think that it would. Yeah, it would kind of stem to to that level. Like, I didn't even think about that. That's so interesting and horrible oh, that it could affect that. But it did make it very clear to me the brands that had my back and the brands that would actually. It was lovely to see brands that would defend defend me. Mm, yeah. Um. And yeah. So it it definitely helped me to sort of yeah establish who the good brands were and. Um, who I'd continue working with moving forward. Yeah. And do you, I guess going off the back of that, do you ever feel like you have to be always like perfect on socials? Um, I feel like not so much perfect, but I think when I sort of create an image, especially when it is for a brand, I kind of think of it less as an image of myself and more as, you know, an advertisement or a piece mm. of art or something like that. So mm-hmm. I wanted to, I want to tweak the image on and I want to tweak the colours and things like that to make it aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Not so yeah. much that I want people to think, you know, I'm perfect, I'm a walking Barbie doll or anything mm. like that. So it's it's more about the imagery as a whole and whether or not it sells the product versus myself within that image. But yeah, I mean, right. you know, we've all got our favourite angles. Some people like to be photographed up top. Some people like the lower angles. I'm personally a lower girl. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like obviously, you know, you, you have the way that you like to photograph something but yeah I mean yeah I think at the end of the day it's, it's still got to showcase what you look like I would never ever ever want to meet someone in real life and them not recognize me I think that's always mm. the biggest thing oh yeah oh my god <laughs> you know what the main thing I get is everyone's like oh my god I thought you'd be really tall and I'm like oh my god it's because I have long legs <laughs> it's proportions that's the thing also at the same yeah. time is yeah no I've, I've had a few people question whether or not I'm sort of you know over six foot but I'm definitely 
definitely not. I'm five, I'm about five nine and a half. So oh tall, but not too tall. Yeah, geez, you'll be towering over me. I'm five three on a good day. <laughs> oh, I love that. I wish I was petite. I'm small. I'm so small, but oh well. You can get away with more when you're little. Yeah, look, I can, I can do anything. <laughs> no jokes. But it, it sucks. I do wish I had a bit of height, though. I think I would have liked to be a tiny bit taller, but I guess I am blessed with long legs, so I look a lot taller than I am. So I'll take exactly. that. That's, I'll settle with that one. And who is Sarah off social media then? Sarah off social media. I am a lot less coordinated. I don't think my outfits are, are always on point day today. I do wear some sort of ridiculous things out of the house. Yeah. I'm I'm probably in ninety percent of the time, but that's you know that's just me. I'm quite an active person. Yeah. Um, I'm absolutely obsessed with my family. They are the loves of my life. Oh, that's nice. My sister's my best friend. Um, I just yeah, I, I love going back home and visiting my family as much as possible. So I do I do share a little bit of them on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, only if they're okay with it. I mean, I do I do always ask approval. But yeah, just for me, I'm pretty much I'm I'm not a party. I'm not I'm not that social of a person as much as my Instagram might seem that way. Um, I do I love being at home and I you know I just love um, yeah love being with my family as much as possible. Yeah, that's lovely. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. I recently saw something about you basically kind of operating as a freelance model and that you handle your own admin and bookings. Is that right? Yes, yes. So I've I haven't had management now for. Well, over 12 months. Wow. So why did you decide to do this? Um, well, at, at the end of the day, social media has allowed everyone to be so accessible. And I sort of found that working with management, they were essentially managing bookings that were coming in for me direct yeah. instead of sort of, you know, seeking the jobs themselves. So I sort of thought, well, you know, I'm quite capable. I've, you know, I've invoiced in the past. I know, I know the whole process. I know how to do booking confirmations and all those kinds of things. I had it all drafted up and um, available to be sent out. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to give it a go this year and I'm going to see how I go. And um, it's the most I've ever worked in my life this year. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to work harder for you than yourself. Totally. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Jesus, if I know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, also, I will say I'm a major control freak. So yeah. anyone who's ever managed me in the past sort of knows that I need to know every detail. So it's kind of actually been really, really nice to be able to sort of be briefed across everything. The only downside is you do get all the setbacks as well. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you almost take it quite personally as well because you're the one receiving, I don't know, maybe the no's or the hard things that are coming and it's your job to fix them or to, yeah, kind of find a solution. Oh, absolutely. And the last-minute cancellations when you just want to spend a nasty email that you think, hang on, be professional. Mm -hmm. And yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, You have to have a – I don't think I could have done it at 21 years of age, but I think now I've got a good sort of head on my shoulders that I'm actually, you know, able to view it as a business and take that approach. So far, so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually definitely on your side with that. I'm the biggest control freak out. Like, I need to know everything. I need to know everything that's going on. I need to know what's happening. Like, with this podcast, I run the whole damn show, and I'm just so scared of letting oh. anyone touch it. <laughs> I'm just like, I need oh, this to be right. <laughs> 
Oh, it's it's so bad. But it's, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, if you're passionate about what you do, it's very easy to do it yourself. Yeah. Do you find also there's a bit of a benefit there, you know, doing it yourself over management with things like, I guess, obviously, you're not giving away a certain percentage of your income and, you know, you're actually across kind of everything and you can say no and, and kind of really make it more tailored to yourself? Oh, absolutely. Because instead of, you know, a manager just looking at this lump sum amount, and going, you know what, this is fantastic, she'll like this. Mm -hmm. I get to sort of look at things objectively and take a step back and go, is this the path that I want to take? Will working with this brand benefit me or will it hinder me? Mm -hmm. So I can kind of, you know, have that trajectory of where I want my career to go and the brands that I want to work with. And also I'm not obligated to do anything that makes me feel uncomfortable just to keep an agent or a manager happy. Yeah. I've also, I have a few friends who um, I guess are with management, you know, some of the influencers um, and mm-hmm. whatnot. And I guess also a positive would be, you know, a manager might manage you know, up to 10 to 15 other people, you know, and it, I guess it can be, it's hard to get that one-on-one time. So it's kind of oh, good absolutely. doing it yourself because, you know, you're only looking after yourself. So you don't have to, you know, follow up with a manager who might have 10 other people on their books. That's the thing. And I think, um, you know, the, the influencer market is so saturated at the moment yeah. that it is, you do, you do need something that sets you apart from everyone else. And if you are sitting on the books with 11 to 15 other girls, you know, you can very easily get lost. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. And so what does your day-to-day look like for you then? Every day is different, honestly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can imagine. Every now and then I have a bit of a like, I have a few days where I just think, I just wish I could just work a nine to five just to have that, you know, that normal lifestyle because everything is so, you know, you can, I, I can have days where I am working and running around back to back and I'm off five hours sleep. And then I can have a week where it is just purely admin and housekeeping and washing and yeah. going to the gym. But the thing, the lesson that I definitely learned this year is to not become obsessed with this idea of just always being busy and always doing something to the detriment of your own health. Oh my God, such good advice. Oh, it, 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 I had to learn the hard way because I got, I got quite depleted probably in May of this year because I just, I honestly wanted to say yes to everything. And I, I kind of got, I'll, I'll put my hand up and I'll say, I got addicted to showcasing on social media that I was here and I was there and I was mm. doing this and I was doing that and I was shooting and then I was working on this range and then I was flying to Sydney and I, I felt... I felt like I was just just running on on empty. And Mm. at the end of the day, I had to sit back and go, you know, for what? Um, So I've sort of learned to dial things back and to focus on the projects that I'm really passionate about and also taking the time to go back and see my family and go and see my friends because I became so isolated because all I I had going on was work. And Mm. it's very easy to fall into that trap when you think you're hustling, but realistically, you're you're not living. So it's important to find that balance. Yeah, it can be really hard in this kind of industry, but sometimes it's just nice to take a break and take a step back and be like, hey, I'm going to say no to this. I just need, you know, I need a, a day. Oh, 100%. You just, you have to learn to say no. And um, it's it's a lot easier to say no straight out the gate mm-hmm. than to say yes and let someone down last minute because yeah. you can't physically get there. Yeah, totally. And what's the best job that you've done, I guess, talking about all things working? What's, I guess, your favorite job that you've done or something that you've worked on? Probably in terms of modelling, my major career highlight was I walked 
um, in a Cartier show in Singapore. Oh my god! Yes. So that was I had a I had a necklace on that was I think five or six million euro. Holy crap! And I had I had my own personal bodyguard. Oh. It was it was the most <gasps> incredible experience of my life. Wow. Um. So that was yeah. In, in terms of modelling, I mean that was absolute top. Um. Yeah. But in terms of actual sort of myself as a person, probably career highlight was seeing my Elliot, part of my Elliot capsule collection on the runway at Melbourne Fashion Week. That's amazing. I'm definitely going to get into that because that is so exciting. And I know that's such a, yeah, such a milestone. Like that's, that's incredible. And I'm very excited to talk to you about that because um, I really love the pieces. They look so good. Oh, um, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. No worries. <laughs> and so you've really created a name for yourself, you know, with your personal style. And I said it before, but I, I love everything that you wear. I'm like, oh my gosh, she just has the best style. Like this, it would be everything that I would wear. Everything you wear, there's never anything that I'm like, I wouldn't wear that. It's crazy. So I love if it. If you could see what I was wearing right now, I don't <laughs> That's so funny. But how would you describe your style? My personal style, I think it's constantly changing, but mm. I think I, I, like, I like something with a bit of an edge to it and something that's a little bit sexy, yeah. masculine at the same time. Right. But I also I also like to sort of fulfill a role every now and then. And if I'm doing an ultra feminine look, I will go hard at the ultra feminine. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of all or nothing in my style. I'm, if I'm going to do a look, I'm going to I'm going to do it head to toe. I love it. A bit of a style chameleon. Absolutely. And I, <laughs> I 100% think that that is the modeling is just basically it's just taught me to sort of embody whatever look you're doing and just roll with it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's so cool. You know, you would be wearing all different types of looks and probably experimenting with things that you wouldn't normally pick out. Oh, exactly. And I think, yeah, I think that's why I, I'm thankful for those years mm-hmm. for working full-time as a model just because it did teach me, you know, a lot about how to style looks and a lot about what suits me and what suits my body type or yeah. how to make certain pieces suit my particular look. Yeah. And I guess, do you ever work with stylists or is it all you? Um, so I always get approached by stylists and they lead with that. I know you don't like working with stylists or <laughs> I know you don't. And I love stylists. I need to preface everything with saying that. I absolutely love stylists. Could yeah. never do what they do. They are absolute bosses. The hours they work, the running around they work. Bravo to every stylist yeah. everywhere. They're amazing. I, for events and for things like Spring Racing Carnival or Fashion Week or things like that, is very few times do I ever get the opportunity to actually style myself. You know, when I've, when I've been working, you know, there's always a stylist on set. So I live for those events where I get the opportunity to pull together a look for myself and create something because I think when you upload that image to social media or when you're featured on a best dress list, it just means so much more when you've curated the look yourself and you've had a vision and you've seen it come to life as opposed to sort of being styled by someone, which is still amazing to, you know, have people love the way that you look. But if you've created that look yourself, it just means so much more. Yeah, I would. Yeah, definitely. And there's nothing kind of nicer than people being like, oh, my God, like, I love what you're wearing. You know, did you style this yourself? And you're like, yeah, I did. And, you know, sometimes it's not all smooth sailing. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of events I've been at where I've probably got six safety pins down the side of my dress. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, my gosh, yeah. 
yes. a little bit better or things yep. like that. I mean, that is the downside. You know, stylists will get everything tailored and nipped in for you. And you mm. know, sometimes I've kind of, you know, had to cop the brunt of um, ill-fitting things arriving last minute. But I mean, that's half the fun of it. It is. Oh my gosh, the amount of times I've done that too. And I'm like, I can't breathe and I can't pee. So um, we're just going to have to roll <laughs> with it. <laughs> Fashion is pain. It is. And how do you prepare a look for an event? And I guess also how far out do you kind of get it going? Sometimes I'm really, really organized. Um, and sort of with things like spring racing, you do kind of know in advance the days, you know, you know, the themes or the colors or whatever it is that you mm-hmm. want to do. But I generally, I'll kind of think of think of the look in total. Something will, you know, catch my eye, whether it be a pair of shoes or whether it be the dress or whether it be the hat. And then I build the outfit around that. So, okay. Yeah, so it, I don't, it doesn't always work in the in the same way. Sometimes it might even just be an earring and I'll think, okay, well, if it's an over-the-top earring, maybe the outfit has to be more subdued. And then, then the fun part comes with the hair and makeup. And then mm. I sort of... I'm, I'm always having a look at what, you know, celebrity stylists are doing overseas and what the trends are. But I'm also looking at, you know, what I particularly like because I don't want to just follow a trend because it's what everyone's doing. I try and think of how can I make it a little bit different. Yeah. And it's interesting, I guess, working with, you know, including the hair and makeup and changing it up every time. I think that's something I need to kind of do a little bit more, especially with changing up my hairstyle. I'm one of those people, sometimes I'm too scared to wear it up because I'm such a hair down girl, which is kind of funny. The funniest thing is I used to be exactly the same. I was, without a doubt, I was always out and always wavy. And then I sort of noticed that you can completely change your look. You can completely change your face shape by, you know, pulling your hair back, pulling it off your face, and it just can it can elevate a look yeah. to a level that, you know, if you just like blonde, beachy waves, absolutely beautiful, you know, amazing to do. But sometimes if you want to have that real fashion moment, I always suggest, you know, sleek or a really cool updo or I even I had a um I had a black tie event at the start of this year and we ended up going, yeah, this crazy updo that had all these oh, I can't I can't even really describe it now. Um but it was just amazing and at the end of the day it was the hair that made the entire look come oh, together. Oh my God. I think yeah, I'm definitely gonna take a leaf out of your book for my next event and see what I can do. Yeah, just make sure you get a good hair artist because I, I can't take credit for anything I've ever done because it's always been an amazing hair and makeup yeah. team I've worked with. And you've got to have good people who you trust. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you obviously recently launched a collaboration with Elliot. Yes. So <laughs> tell me about the capsule collection and um, why you chose Elliot and what you created. Well, I have actually, ever since I, I shot an Elliot campaign years ago, probably about four years ago, I've always been a huge lover of the brand mm-hmm. and I've continually done um, a lot of posting posting work for them and we sort of just built this relationship and the, the team, Katie, invited me to attend one of the race days and be dressed by Elliot and I thought that was absolutely amazing and I wore this incredible green suit. Yes, oh my God. I was, I was obsessed with it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yes, we need to make this work. That was one of the days where I had a lot of safety pins because um, oh. it wasn't, it was, it was sample size, it wasn't my size. So we yeah. thank you of all our safety pins at home, got it together and um, wore it to the races and the, the image did so well and the pre-order for the suit did so well and the girls from Elliot actually called me in for a meeting and I thought, oh, this could be a modelling job, you know, I could 
fishing their next campaign. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And never in a million years did I imagine what they were actually going to ask me, which was if I was interested in doing a capsule collection. Wow. What a compliment. Well, I, I just thought, oh, fantastic, modelling job, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, to actually have, you know, them say, no, we want you to come in and help design a capsule collection that's going to be released at Spring Racing next year, um, it was. I was just floored. I just could not even. I just couldn't even believe it. I didn't think. I didn't really think I had, you know, that much of an impact on their sales. So it was really nice to to hear that. That's amazing. How long did it take you to design and come up with the ideas for the collection? Well, so I I had the initial meeting and then I went away and I did a lot of research, a lot of mood boarding, and just sort of looked at you know some key pieces that I would love to see um, sort of created. I think it initially started, I think we were going to do 12 or 13 looks. And mm. by the time it was released, it was a 27-piece cap. It wasn't even a capsule in the end. It was, <laughs> it was a full-blown collection, let's be honest. <laughs> because it just, it just kept growing and growing. And then I was working... Um, with the girls at Elliot and they would have an idea and then I'd have an idea and then we'd see something and we just would constantly be messaging one another and looking at different fabrications and different sets and it was it was a it was a long but a quick process. So once the ball got rolling, everything sort of happened really quick and the campaign and the lookbook was actually shot um, back in March. Yes, I remember seeing that because you were weren't you overseas? I was. Right? Oh, I took Some of the I took a, I took a few of my pieces overseas. So I was lucky enough yes. to get samples, and I said, "Girls, I'm going on a holiday. I have two pieces. One I want to photograph in Italy, and one I want to photograph in Paris. Can mm-hmm. I please take them with me, and can we release them early as a pre-order?" Yes, because um, I remember seeing the photos. Oh, and it was yeah, it was it was the funniest thing ever. I ended up having to get changed in front of the Eiffel Tower in order to get that shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. But when it's yeah, when it's for your own collection, um, and it's something that you love and something that you're passionate about, I will happily strip in the streets of Paris. Oh, a hundred percent. And look, Paris, they're probably used to it, let's be real. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of thinking about, you know, you've done this capsule collection, you're very into, you know, styling and your looks and, you know, there's always a new outfit on your Instagram. So I thought, do you think you'd ever start your own label? Well, actually, working working on this Elliot capsule, it kind of really opened my mind to the, you know, the aspects of the fashion industry that I really, really like, and you know, the trickier things and what I have a bit of a knack for and what I what I don't really um, love. But one thing that I definitely loved most about um, working with Elliot was the sort of creative direction I was able to have when I took the pieces and I shot my own sort of mini campaign independently. Yeah, and I sort of. I went to, I found a local bar in my hometown and I went and shot this 70s themed um, campaign. I actually got my younger sister to shoot it. Wow. Um, and I did, you know, all the all the editing um, in Lightroom and, you know, tweaking here and there, um, yeah, for the campaign. And that was the, the aspect of it that I loved was taking the pieces once they were designed and once they were created and changing it up a little bit because the Elliot girl is so feminine and so, you know, loves her pretty passion and silhouettes and I kind of wanted to create this cool edge to it to sort of draw in maybe your non-typical Elliot customer yeah. and I sort of did that by taking it and sort of giving giving the pieces a more 70s theme to them and executing it through this editorial concept and I loved I loved that component of it and it really sort of highlighted to me that perhaps 
creative direction is, yeah, is something that I could definitely pursue in the future. Yeah, and it's great that you were able to kind of um, test it out almost, give it a bit of a test drive. I know, exactly. And I think, yeah, as, as I said, you're not going to be any more passionate about product than when it's got your name attached to the oh, label. Totally, <laughs> yes. And where do you see your career going in the next few years then? Uh, in the next few years, definitely modelling less and working more sort of with brands in that sort of ongoing growth basis. I've, I've got a few more collaborations coming up. I can't, really say, I can't really say too much, which I hate. I hate when people say that when they say, <laughs> oh, you know, I've got this coming, but I have to keep it hush-hush. But <laughs> Um, yeah, I've just got I've just got a few more of um, of those to sort of come to fruition, and honestly, just continue what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. I love the spontaneity. I love the creativity. As much as I joke about it, I don't think I'm right for a nine to five life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for, for as long as possible, and as long as people are loving what I'm doing, and I can you know have my creative flair here and there, I think yeah, just continuing on in the industry. Lovely. Well, you're bloody killing it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And I'm going to ask you a few kind of quick questions um, mm-hmm. now before we wrap up. But I'm nervous for these. <laughs> oh, no, we're not even at the funny questions yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I thought I'd still keep to the theme kind of of like mm-hmm. fashion, beauty, a bit of wellness. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to know, how do you stay so in shape and fit? I am obsessed with Pilates. Oh, I love a bit of Pilates, yes. I had never, I, I had never really rated it until the start of this year and I ended up going to a, a studio open day and I just fell in love with the space, in love with the instructors and I've just, I've noticed my body and my strength change over this past 12 months. It's wow. incredible. Oh my God, yes. And, and naturally, I, I'm an outdoorsy kind of girl. I hate being in my car if I can walk somewhere. If it's a four-kilometer round trip, I will walk anywhere. Good, um, yeah. To go, to go get groceries, to go visit a friend, whatever. I just, I love being active. I hate sitting indoors. So for me, it kind of comes naturally to live an active lifestyle. But I also do work hours that allow me to do that. Um, yeah. I think, you know, there is a lot of pressure on people that, you know, work, work nine to five jobs and then come home to families to then squeeze in exercise when sometimes it's just not feasible. So mm. I think it's yeah, I think it's definitely important to um, reiterate that, yeah, I do have a lifestyle that allows me to be quite active and flexible. Yes, totally. And do you kind of, I guess, do you eat really healthy as well or? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I 80-20% of the time I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I try to limit just the amount of processed stuff that I'm putting into my body. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've all got our vices. You know, I love a Canadian club. Oh, I love I... a Canadian club. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Canadian club season. Um, <laughs> it is. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that sort of, you know, sits on a vodka soda or anything like that. I do I do indulge in the things that I do like. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, I do think it's if, if you're doing the right thing 80% of the time, then do whatever you want the other 20 I I don't really believe in that, in the whole vodka soda lifestyle, no offence yeah. to anyone, but yeah. Oh, who, who wants vodka soda anyway when you've got no, the good exactly. stuff? <laughs> it's not enjoyable. It's not, it's really not. And 
Where do you get your hair done? I get my hair done at Vision Blonde in South Melbourne and they are amazing. Oh my gosh, your hair is so gorgeous. It's just beautiful. They are blonde, they're blonde specialists and they absolutely, every time I leave the salon, I always say to them, this is the best blonde, this is the best blonde, this is the best blonde because every time they nail it. They're, they're just amazing at achieving that sort of the perfect cool blonde tone without it being dull. It's still bright. Oh my gosh, and that's 100%. very tricky to do. It is. I used to be fully blonde back in the day, and oh my god, it was just it was crazy. Like I think I definitely needed it to be very creamy rather than yeah, super kind of yeah. I don't know. It was just very bright, especially when I would get it done fresh, and I was just like, I can't handle this. My eyebrows look ridiculous. Oh no, absolutely. I've had yeah, I've had the least yellow hair. I've had yeah, it's. You can go to a lot of bad hairdressers, but no, I definitely recommend Vision Blonde South Melbourne, 100%. Any Melbourne girls, you need to go there. 100%. Well, most of the listeners are from (laughs) Melbourne, so I'm sure they're going to get a stampede. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And what beauty products can't you live without? I, ooh, are we talking skincare or are we talking makeup? Yeah, let's go whatever it is. Yeah, skincare, makeup, anything along those lines. I'm probably, so skincare-wise, I am Aspect and Aspect Doctor, 100% through and through. Um, a good cleanser, hyaluronic acid, um, a good moisturizer. Basically, your skin is my, my skin is the most important thing in my work to me because the better your skin is, the less makeup you need. At the end of the day, the less you know photoshopping, I guess, after the fact. So yeah, if you can. You can get your skin routine and it's, it's different for everyone, but the older that you do get, yeah, making sure that you're using a retinol. Um, I recommend the Medicaid retinol. That's absolutely amazing. And regular treatments here and there, but I don't think they're um, necessary to you know, be getting weekly. Yeah. What's your what's your go-to makeup look then? What what kind of do you ask for, you know, if you're getting your makeup done? Um, probably my go-to is I always play up the eyes. I'm, I'm more of a smoky eye over a bold lip. Same. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Some some girls can just pull off a lip. For me, if I have a lip, it ends up on my hands, on my chin, oh, on my dress. Yes. You know, I'm just. I'm. I'm not good at adulting with a with a bold lip. Oh, it's hard. Yeah. Oh, I know. Props to the girls that can. Um, yeah. So I'll always go with a sort of just a smoky, smoky eye with warmer tones because I have got blue eyes. So I sort mm-hmm. of find that warmer tones will bring out the blue. Oh yes. Blue in my love warm tones. They're my favorite. I love all the reds and oranges and browns and golds. Oh. Heaven. Absolutely. And I love a good um, nude eyeliner as well because that helps to enhance the eyes and make them look even bigger. Yeah. You look really awake as well. You're like, oh my God, I've had 12 hours sleep. Oh, absolutely. And six <laughs> cups of coffee. <laughs> yeah. And can I ask, you are so like bronzed. Do you fake tan or is it real? Oh, okay. So I'm, I come from a Polish background, so I do pick up color a lot mm-hmm. and I am outside a lot. So at the moment, I'm still watching my Europe tan extended. I'm not wearing any fake tan at the moment. Oh my god. Um but I do wear I do wear sunscreen. I just I just seem to just retain colour like no other. What the hell? Um, I'm jealous. Oh, but I I I do think about where I'm gonna be um you know ten years from now but <laughs> Oh no <laughs> <laughs> looking like a leather handbag. But um <laughs> but no through the winter months I do rely on a gradual tanner. So I love gradual tanner. Right. Okay. Um, I, I don't, I, I've never been a foam girl. I've never been the type of girl who will apply foam. I will do layers of gradual or if I need to be tanned for an event, I will go to Spray Oz and get one of their tans because they are the best 
spray tan I've ever had. Wow, yes. I see everyone in Melbourne getting a spray tan from them. Like all the, you know, all the fashion people, all the beauty, all the influences. Oh, it's, it's, it's for a reason because they are absolutely amazing. The colour is perfection. It doesn't look fake and it fades really, really well. Oh, that's perfect. That's nothing worse than a tan that gets really blotchy when it's starting to fade. Oh, you look like you rolled in Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Look, not the worst thing if you're rolling in actual Doritos. It'd be quite delicious. Oh, but you don't want yeah. to look like you have. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to jump into a few random questions for mm-hmm. you. Number one, what's the weirdest Instagram DM you've received? Oh, the weirdest Instagram DM I've ever received. Do you know what? I've got this delicatessen that continually just doesn't send doesn't send words or anything. Just continually, like every few months or so, just sends me a barrage of their product. What just images? Just images of all the platters they've got on offer, but never with any any words. Never like check out our products or anything. Just just basically, yeah, me platters. Just like no context at all. Yeah, absolutely no. But it's been going on for a few years. What? I think that's the. Funniest thing. Are they and I, I, I opened them. No, I think they're based in New York. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. It's 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 a mystery. So it's um yeah, that's probably the weirdest thing I've ever received. So what do you do? You you open them? Do you reply or? No, I just open them just to let him know I've seen it. And um yeah, it's it's the oddest thing because it has been going on for years. <laughs> that is so weird. But also, look, if you're ever in the New York area, pop on in. Say hello. Absolutely. I'll slide straight back into his DM. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is actually hilarious. I've never heard of that. So that, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's hilarious. And um, number two, what's one thing you wish people knew about you? One thing I wish people knew about me. I don't, I don't really know if, if there's anything that I sort of wish people knew about me. I think more so, I think, yeah, just basically that what I, what I kind of said earlier on in the interview is that, you know, I'm not, not sharing parts of my life because I don't, I don't want to or because I'm trying to be fake or because I'm not being real. But it's actually, you know, a strategic personal decision that I've, you know, made to keep my private life private because I've sort of felt the more I have shared in the past, the, the more criticism I have received. So for me, it's just, it's about protecting myself at the end of the day. And I, you know, I, I wish more people sort of realised that with social media, you know, it, it isn't, as you said, it isn't one size fits all. And I think it's important to know that just because one influencer tells you what they had for breakfast, lunch and dinner and how many bowel movements they had that day. <laughs> that not every influencer owes you that amount of information about yeah. their lives and yeah. it's, you know it's different strokes for different folks and you know I don't I don't follow a lot of those influencers for those very reasons I sort of follow who inspires me creatively and mm-hmm. um and and that's about it so I sort of try to be the type of influencer that I find influencing yeah. I guess. I love that that's such a great answer and you know at the end of the day you're you're still a human you know and it, you can choose whatever you want to do with your social and it's great that you've you've found a great way that you can separate everything and still be happy and still you know enjoy what you're doing at the same time oh absolutely I mean yeah pretty much what everyone sees is about you know five percent of my day yeah totally and it's like that with everyone you know and you know we're all human 
Some of us, you know. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Great. Okay. So, and number three, a bit of a random one. Uh, Would you Mm -hmm. rather be covered in piercings or covered in tattoos? I have always, always, always been obsessed with the idea of getting a sleeve. Oh! Like a a sleeve tattoo. Always obsessed because I love, I visually, I love the way that it looks. Yeah. But I've always been smart enough to know that it's not my look. It doesn't, it would never suit me. So. If I had to choose, I would 100% be covered in tattoos. Yes. You know what? I would probably choose that as well. Some of them it's just cool. look so it's good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine you in, like, the most amazing dress with just, like, a full-on sleeve. Woo, girl. I know. I, I wish because I've seen it on, um, you know, there's so many girls that I follow on Instagram. And they've, you know, got that edgy kind of look. Yeah. And yeah, I, I actually love it. But, yeah, being being smart enough to know that tattoos are permanent and just because you love it now in your 20s does not mean that you're going to love it when you're in your 80s. So true. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there's going to be some, like, real hardcore-looking old people. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I look at people with tattoos and I'm like, you know what? You look so good. <laughs> like, I know. You're I know. bloody rocking it's it. One of, it's one of those things... You can definitely, yeah, I, I find it appealing, but it's just not for me, but I appreciate it on other people. Yes, and it's a it's a full-on art. The, the artists that do it, oh, my God, they're amazing. They're not from here. They're, they're so good. Oh, and the pain that is involved in getting oh, it as well. No. Sort of, if you know, you know that someone, yeah, someone has got balls, if they, you know, can sit there and endure a needle into their arm consistently for hours on end. I know. I would I would chicken out. I, I just don't think I can commit. Mm. <laughs> Have you had your eyebrows feathered? Oh, my God. Funny you ask this. I haven't, but I did do a podcast with an eyebrow tattooist because I really want to get them done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's essentially what it is. It's a tattoo. So yeah. If, you, if, if you've had that done, I've had it done. It's, um, it's painful, but they put numbing cream on you. Yes. Oh, my God. I asked all the questions and I'm like, you know what? I think I can handle this. Yeah. It's a good little tattoo tester, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I want to get it done soon. I just haven't booked in yet, but I'm, I'm super keen to get it done because my eyebrows need a bit of a fill. So. So, um, yeah, oh, no, it's, a, I, yeah. it's amazing. Oh, my yeah. God. I recommend the arch stylist in Melbourne if you're oh, ever great. down in Melbourne. Yes, yeah. amazing. Because obviously I'm here in Brisbane, so it's good to know that there's a, at least a good one in Melbourne because it can be a bit hard to know who's good and who's not that good, you know. Oh, and have you seen the number of eyebrow tattoo fails oh. across Jeez, yep. look like Angry yep. Birds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh no, what's happened? Oh god. <laughs> oh no, that would be the wor- my worst nightmare. Honestly, I'd be nothing without eyebrows. Well, good oh, ones terrible. at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, you have been so amazing, and thank you for being so open and so genuine. I really appreciate you and your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's it's nice to actually be able to sort of have a bit of a chat and share a little bit more. So so lovely to learn more about you and. Um, definitely will be keeping an eye on what you do next. Oh, thank you. No worries. See you later. See ya.